0: Hey everybody, welcome to Applying to Everything, a show about our passions, the world, and where they overlap. I'm your host, Bruno Falcon. This week, I sit down with designer, baker, and friend of the show, Chiara Scarcella, to talk about design, baking, and how we make art. Enjoy! With regards to my podcast voice, um, because I guess maybe I'm not this calm. In, in mm. like human in regular, maybe that's reaction. why maybe. I was so
1: taken aback because I'm used to like <clears throat> you being like frantic.
0: Well, and I think that's also, <laughs> but that's also some of that is work. Some of that is, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have not like a persona, but you certainly try to like emulate a calmer presence for something like this well, I guess I
0: also I try very hard in my like it's tough when I'm when I'm on location or when I'm on a set um, or really when I'm working on any project, I try very hard to maintain a the calm collected anchor state mm-hmm. like I know if i'm if you've hired me to do a thing i know how to do that thing i know how to do it well i'm prepared for as many of the inevitabilities of what could go wrong as i can yeah so i think that a lot of a lot of my relation my working relationship is sort of what i try to do when i'm working is like do that mm. um, and bring this level of calm decisiveness like bring that that that's hard to but that's hard to bring to bear especially in a space where i mean people buy in Mm, to, the, to the to the chaos yeah yeah the madness <laughs> exactly I mean I, and I think I think that there are ways I think there are ways that you can promote that kind of level-headedness and calm in naturally high intensity environments if you want to-hmm I think that what I try one of the things I try and do with the show to help me stay level-headed and chill and also to help the people who come on stay level-headed and chill is to try and create an environment that feels comfortable, mm-hmm. and to make sure like when I come in, everything's all set up. When I like when I have to go to a location to record, I you know it's like I got this. I'm coming in. I'm setting stuff up. We're talk like we're just having a conversation while I yeah. get everything put together, and then you know. But I'm trying to I'm trying to move fast and be decisive because I want to get as much of that on. Mike, as i can Mm -hmm. and um and then just sort of entering into a space with that like decisive i know what i'm doing i know that i belong here and i know that if i if i keep that if i keep hold that space in like a level way other people will like trust me enough not to be anxious even though even though i'm moving quickly even though i'm like moving like even though i'm moving quickly and doing a lot that could be frantic if there wasn't that level of like decisive calm
1: right and i mean that just happened now is like i know that you started recording but you never told me you did mm-hmm. and it certainly like helps me feel more normal to just like keep going with our conversation keep you know i mean that's like what life really is it's just going with the flow uh-huh. and keeping yeah. things you know not steady but like just go rolling with the punches and knowing like that you just have to deal with the way things are
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's also tough but
1: but this you made it like you have people like you who make things comfortable and you made this comfortable for me and it just keeps going yeah (laughs)
0: um i mean i also think dc like dc also is a city that you know parts of it especially like the the our business end, or or really, if you're if you're in a certain type of business in DC, it's high. It's intentionally high stress. Mm-hmm. It's it's very self-selective in that way. And I think that if you look at a lot of other parts of the world, um, a lot of a lot of other parts of the country, even high stress jobs. Um, if you look like I, I, LA comes to mind. There's a lot of high stress stuff, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of anxiety there. Um, around especially around the industry but everyone I know there is really when you're at work you're at work and when you're not at work you are not at work yeah like it's it's downtime it's chill and it's very different here Mm -hmm. um like work like people make I'm not a good example of this because you know, I'm trying to make my, you know, I make my hobby my job. Yeah, um, relatable. But everybody <laughs> makes their hobby their job. Yes. In this, uh, in this city, it's just part of the, it's part the of the culture,
1: game. right? I mean, I come from Arizona, so I like before this, like it's a much, much slower paced environment, and even like working, I so I worked as a receptionist at like a construction-y place, and there is a lot of stress that goes in that because people are trusting you to like help build their pools and their homes and design these things but like when you went home you went home and Mm you didn't bring that with you and Mm -hmm. it's certainly like it feels very different here
0: yeah well i also think that that's part of that's also the creative field because i don't i don't know about um i I, i'd love to hear about how Mm. you got into design and 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 how how you bring that to bear in other spaces and i know for me I'm constantly thinking about characters and I'm constantly thinking about like how, how plots tie together and not just in fiction in what I read and what I, you know, what I jot down in notebooks, but also how people's stories overlap and how they interact. Um, and I don't know if that's because I grew up in an an environment where people were doing that, or if it's just something that I sort of fell into and, and never stopped doing. But, um, you know, what got you in, into de- design in the first place and how much does it, how much did it spill out before you made it your job?
1: Um, I, th- I don't think I ever, like when I was younger, planned on going into graphic design at all. I knew that I wanted to do something creative. even when I was younger, I was like, oh, I think I want to go into like interior design or photography or film, something along those lines. Um, and I had an interest, I think. I've always had an interest in design, whether that was, like, when I was younger and you would do, like, projects for, like, like your fifth grade, like, book report. Mine was always, like, magazine layout and, like, this thing. But, like, <laughs> I constantly remember doing that. But, like, I never once thought until I got to college that it was, like, a viable option for me. hmm and so when I went to college, I went to Columbia College, which is just a school in Chicago, and it focuses primarily on, like, liberal arts and uh, performing arts and fine arts, um, a lot of film, a lot of music there. Um, and so I started taking classes more in, like, film and photography. And after a semester, I knew I didn't like it. And I'd done one class that was, like, design-based. Mm-hmm. And I had, like, basic design knowledge just, like, coming up through high school. And I feel like the more we, like with younger generations, I guess, you start to learn that a little more in school. Mm -hmm. Um, And I took a class and I suddenly found myself very, very interested in that. Um, And then by the second semester of my freshman year, that's when I knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't ever like anything I thought about doing until I ended up in a situation where I got to try it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out that I really, really liked it. Um, And I was maybe better at that than anything else that I had tried before. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't say I'm great at it. But (laughs) um, Mm. and it's sort of after that class, like I knew right away there's something about um, creating and designing and driving a message in a way that's like it feels almost like. Not to say that art isn't purposeful because all art, I think, has meaning, but you're doing something that's a lot more easier to communicate with other people, to Uh communicate a message or an idea. Um, And there's abstract behind it, and a lot of it is still subjective, but I think it's – I mean, that's probably why I ended up doing the more like political route of it is because I found a way to meld like that communication side of it and getting a message out with what I really enjoy doing, which is designing and using a creative outlet to spread that message more or less.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me. And I hadn't thought about how that type of how, how design, uh, how graphic design mm-hmm. is much more intentional yes and and not just intentional but like art art points to a lot of messages and some of them are deeper and not but graphic design is like there's a whole lot shorter distance between graphic design and the thing it's pointing to yes it's like i'm the point of the point of designing this logo and branding this work is to immediately point you to this thing we're talking about Mm -hmm. as opposed to the point of this play is to talk about the impending mortality of humanity based <laughs> right. on a very a, a various specific sets of you know emotional constructs yeah it's a very it's a but it's it's a much more direct medium which yeah is cool
1: it's sort of what my father would call something as like a practical form of art mm-hmm, where he mm-hmm. was like always very wary of me going into um, any sort of arts and worrying about that not being stable or having a stable career. but with design, it's sort of I still get to be creative, mm-hmm. but it does have like a practicality to it. and for you know, my father to make my father like feel like happy and like proud of not proud of me, but like he feels safe knowing that like at the end there is um stability in my job a little um, more. <laughs> yeah.
0: oh man. Um, my my parents tried so very hard <laughs> for me not to do this they were so excited when i decided to be a chem physics major my when i started out in college my dad was so my dad was very much like you should you know just go be an engineer yeah it's great you know or go go be a chemist find something else to do and then i ended up getting a degree in philosophy and going and, you <laughs> know i uh, going back into production <laughs> and theater and it's like uh, well you know but your money you know. <laughs> right um, capitalism,
1: capitalism. <laughs> um yeah.
0: well and yeah we do i mean we do all right right um, i would be there's... bored to death if i was doing you know yeah. if i was doing something probably anything else
1: right i think at the end of the day i'd still my dad would still like it if i was like a teacher which i think is a great profession mm-hmm. and deep down would love to do but i'm happy doing this yeah. um which is good
0: i'd like to think that my dad at this point and he will probably tell me at some point after he hears this <laughs> <laughs> hey bruno's uh, dad <laughs> hey paul um I, i'm pretty sure that he's happy with where i'm at yeah and, you know
1: right i my dad is too hi enzo if you're listening <laughs> Oh. but yeah the story of italian fathers yes <laughs>
0: <sighs> we love you all yeah we do at the very least i, I know that i'll be able to cook
1: yeah and, i mean and, i get that you know, from my father i can I, cook I and can bake <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> yeah that's you know
0: how much how much of the design how much of your design work plays into well we've talked about this we've talked about this a lot off mic but i'm I'm just gonna throw it at you yeah. um, how much of your design plays into like your broader aesthetic like how 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 much (laughs) how much of like going into design did you or did you have a pretty well established like understanding of what your personal aesthetic was or did that did (laughs) that like become a thing once you started like doing design full-time or studying it full-time
1: oh wow yeah um it's funny you say you've asked me that and we talked about this but I don't know that we've talked about it that deeply um (laughs) it's I don't think that I had, like, a defined aesthetic. (laughs) I still don't because I feel like a lot of my aesthetic is based off of weird sense of humor that I have Mm -hmm. Um, and just not taking anything seriously, which I don't think really correlates back to my work Mm -hmm. um, Mm because I like to think that I, like, that's where I'm really always honed in and focused and Mm -hmm. try, or for the most part, I'm really, like, trying my hardest. Mm -hmm. So if anything... um, that design and like that passion is very separate of (laughs) Mm -hmm. of who Mm -hmm. i am otherwise um i don't know that's an interesting question um but i don't i mean when you take it back to like aesthetic i certainly have become more critical about things um and that comes down to like i won't eat at a restaurant because their website was really ugly like it's really weird or like i know you're not supposed to judge books by covers but i've found myself to do that like so much more now where Mm -hmm. it's like that's you know i'm way more compelled by the cover of that book than i am by the story maybe Mm -hmm. um it certainly gave me a wider eye i guess that's not a right term i think i made that up but like it i'm more aware of things Mm -hmm. um everywhere whether like like i mentioned that's a website or it's like the smallest sign on like literally the spin studio i was at the other day the logo was really bothering me and it's all i could worry about in class because it's (laughs) right in front of me i'm like that's sound like that's weird why did they do that Mm -hmm. like so it's just i'm a lot more hyper aware i think now Mm -hmm. about these things
0: like is it just in other people's design work or does it like play over into like into fashion and (laughs) presentation and like cuz I know for 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 me I'm all about like I'm I'm all about the distinction between like the craft and the look like there's some mm. there's some really pretty looking food that is just garbage and then there's some yeah. really ugly looking food that is like i will walk 10 miles to get to this thing like you can i will walk all day like if you make a really really good empanada i don't care if it looks like butt i will walk 10 miles to get that empanada probably won't have to
1: but yeah oh my gosh well i think food almost stands in a category of its own which Mm -hmm. i think we can like touch on that a little bit later how food is sort of shaping up in my life these days Uh but um yeah, I certainly, I think, become just a little more, like, overly, like, aware of things. And whether that is in fashion or I notice it a lot, I think, in film more mm-hmm. than anything mm-hmm. that is, like, there's really strong aesthetic choices made. But not so – I don't think so. Not so much. I tr- I think I've tried to, like, even though I am aware of all the little things, try to separate it as much as possible because it can start to drive you crazy at a certain
0: point Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah (laughs) On the flip side, how much do you feel like that's feeding, like that feeds in? How much of the media that you run into do you find cropping up or creeping up in your own design work?
1: I don't know if there's like a solid percentage, but I certainly like if I'm scrolling through Instagram or on this blog and I'm like, oh, this is really, really great. I really like the look of this. Like, I'll save it for later mm-hmm. and try to get inspired, whether it was like the font choice or the colors or just like using some sort of that element. Mm-hmm. Um it becomes a lot easier for me to like take inspiration and i think a lot of that has to do now with social media Mm -hmm. and the way that like we're inundated all the time by different graphics and i tend to follow a lot of designers on instagram just because i want to see what they're doing and it helps me i think when i'm stuck um creatively Mm -hmm. to like take from that
0: are you all digital or are you doing or do you do pen and ink work too
1: um I will sketch my ideas mm-hmm. um and that comes a lot more when I'm working on personal or mm-hmm. like freelance mm-hmm. projects with work um in the office a lot of it moves so fast that I don't have time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so I will go to pen and paper um on a personal level, but and I like to and I mm-hmm. think when I get really stuck at work if I have the time and I think that usually goes into like branding and logos, I will like Sit and draw mm-hmm. as much as I can,
0: mm-hmm. walk me through the process a little bit because I like <laughs> because I'm now i'm i like when I think about when I think about building something on my end, um it's usually you know we don't know like we have message points or we have mm-hmm. we have a rough idea of what the plot is gonna look like, or we have a we have a loose outline, and then it's all about going back and finding the pieces and and sort of building them together to create the end product but i feel like i don't know my my sense of it and this could be totally wrong is that you have a brand mm-hmm. you have your end product which is this which is this thing you're pointing people back to sure so how do you how do you take that and distill it down into like a single frame like what <laughs> ha- like <That's> like <laughs> and i mean because there are some there's some like the, the coca-cola c or mm-hmm. like even the target target if, yeah. when you're ta- especially when you're talking about corporate or e- the Obama O if you're talking about political. Like dream. right? Um <laughs> so but but literally but literally the dream, like that logo is so powerful mm-hmm. because it conveys it it gives a nod to all of that.
1: Right. So many different
0: So I mean emotional yeah.
1: resonances behind it, yeah.
0: So what's your, like, how do you, how do you, how do you oh move wade through those waters and, and sort of play with that?
1: I mean, it's difficult, but I think, I mean, most of the time when I am designing, it's not for myself. So because of that, I think it's really important to take in um, everyone else's or whoever else you're working with, that particular person's, like, emotion and what they want to portray. And sometimes you don't necessarily agree with it. But um, you just have to kind of go with that, mm-hmm. and I think, like you're saying, you mentioned a couple really like big logos. You there's sort of this um, thing now, the Nike swoosh, where you just want to be known by like one particular like word or mm-hmm. image or icon, whatever it may be. Um, and so I think it's a lot about like fi- trying to find the most compelling way, but it requires a lot of research too, which Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize about design. Like that's where I like to start. I like to look at like what other people are doing that might inspire me or that might like inspire me to not do. Mm -hmm. So-and-so wants to convey hope, but then they want to use red. Like that's not going to really work. So you go to like lighter colors, brighter colors. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of like, i was really i read a really interesting piece not that long ago about the psychology of colors which is something i always go back to Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. because there's just a lot of a lot more like emotional resonance i think to design and so it's about finding a balance of um what your client wants or needs Mm -hmm. and then what you're trying to communicate and it's hard a lot of times um And I think the hardest thing that I had to learn is that a lot of times what you're trying to communicate and what the client wants or needs is not what I want.
2: Right. Uh,
1: (laughs) um, And so I have to let go and just give in a little bit. Um, And that isn't to say that I'm not doing work that I don't like or I'm not proud of. It's just work that may not be what I would have chosen. But Mm. a lot of times there's some really – Great stuff that has come out of it.
2: Yeah.
0: Is it a similar process when you're doing work just for you or doing work where you have a little bit more creative uh, freedom and input?
1: I think it's a little different. Um, When I do work for me, I think I have a tougher time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Unless I know exactly what I want because most of the time I like to present a couple different options on anything that I'm working on. And because of that, if I'm doing it for myself, um, I get – stuck a little bit i'm Mm -hmm. like well i really like this and i really like this option and then i try to meld the two together which doesn't always work um and because of that um i tend to be really critical of myself um if i'm not making myself happy and if i don't like what i'm doing then i'll kind of walk away from it for a little bit right and so a lot of times i have to go to other people for opinions and just be like you choose something for me because i I think I have a harder time working for myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just get very critical. Not, I mean, yes, critical, but also like just have a hard time. It's indecisiveness as well.
0: I know for me, when I'm working on something and I'm actually like making myself do it, if I, if I hit a point where I feel like I'm forcing myself to push forward, that's usually an indicator that I need to step back and, and like reassess, um, so what are the some of, what are some of the things you do when you need to step back from that? And Oof. like what are the some of the things that you like how do you how do you step back from that process and keep the creative space moving?
1: Keep it. I will either go like look through other people's work to get a little inspired or most of the time I actually really just have to step out mm-hmm. and step back and that's whether I go do something completely different. I go work out. I do something. It's just I think that's usually the best way. I see. I feel like I tend to get a lot of good ideas in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. go shower and maybe I'll come up with something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The only way that I get out of it is to literally take myself out of the situation. Right. Um, and yeah,
0: that's interesting because I, for me, if I remove myself too much, uh, I lose. I lose my spot like I have to go back and basically redo mm. the last you know half hour of work before I stepped away um just because I, I I feel like I'll do a creative reset and then go in and be like why did I why yeah why did I do this this way no and I mean it's a lot broken. of times
1: I try to come back and it's even worse you know I'm like I took mm-hmm. myself a little too out of it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I don't know. I wonder if your thing is maybe just because of the medium you're doing is a it little different be. than mine. I don't know. I, it yeah. picks up a little differently. It does. Maybe.
0: And I also, yeah, no. Cause like when I'm cutting, going back and undoing the last 30 minutes is usually going back and realizing that I, I, I waited too long mm. to, to step away. Like I, you know, I, in the sequence of editing, the last 30 minutes of editing work was counterproductive and I have yeah. to just unwind that and then redo like, or redo that space so that the the flow feels organic and doesn't feel like I'm trying to, you know, fit a square peg in a round hole.
1: Yeah. For me, it's a little easier to just hit delete or command Z <laughs> a couple of times and like get back to something that yeah. doesn't take very long. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So another thing that I know you do a lot, which makes my life simultaneously really awesome at work and terrible because i <laughs> can't say no that baked goods is that you bake amazing delicious food oh all the time um and i know that i know that that's one of your passion projects but i'm curious about whether or not the structure of that is similar to the structure of the design stuff you do or if it's like to in my mind baking and art are really really close together yeah Um, like, especially when I think about the different, like, baking as opposed to cooking and design as opposed to, like, more freeform forms of art. It's kind of like the, the, a little bit more rigid, a little bit more directional, um, a little bit more chemical. Yeah. Um, so, like, is that, I'm guessing that's, we talked a little bit about your dad, so that's something that you, Mm, you (laughs) learned with him growing up?
1: Um, yes and no. So, um, I was. I think I'm very inspired by the way he cooks and bakes, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't spend a lot of time with him in the kitchen growing up. I certainly did, and I've picked up a lot of things from him. Um, But back at the – I feel like in the fall, Mm -hmm. I started this thing, um, and I sort of hashtag it on, like, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, and it's Adventures in Stress Baking, where I really started (laughs) using that as um, an outlet to, like – deal with my stress and my Mm -hmm. anxieties Mm -hmm. and my emotional whatevers. Um, And I think that there is a little bit of correlation with design, like you were saying, that um, you're looking at something, you're dealing with directions, but then you're trying to create something that is both um, purposeful Mm -hmm. and but can look very aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I use um, baking as something to get away from design Mm -hmm. i use it like when i'm stressed out at work when i'm i've used it when i was having like a really bad like fit of anxiety like just to be like okay i'm going to do something that i have to focus on this thing right now Mm -hmm. for literally the next 30 minutes to an hour plus and Mm -hmm. i have to be in the moment and i have to be Dealing with this. I can't look at my phone. I can't look at work. I can't think about this right now. I can't talk to this person. I have to deal with that. And it became a really good exercise for me to deal or not deal with whatever stressors were going on with my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And in result, you get something really good out of it that like, we can all enjoy and we can all eat. And um, I'm still kind of growing in that. And that is something that I like to do and keep doing because I think in the end it not only makes me feel better but it helps other people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i know everyone's usually pretty happy monday mornings when i come <laughs> in with cookies yeah so yes, um we are. yeah it's really about taking myself it's once again that taking myself out of like the situation and dealing with one specific task right yeah
0: do you have a favorite thing
1: oh my gosh i am a huge fan of banana bread. I, mm. I mean it's such a simple thing and I'll throw in a little cinnamon or chocolate chips, but it's always been a favorite, I think um ever since I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Not even to make, but just to eat. Right. I tend to I tend to bake what I want to eat more than anything. I very mm. recently started taking requests. Um and it's so I'm like if I want to eat this, then and then there's leftovers for other people. That's fine, but um yeah, it's about and Banana bread is something that has a lot of steps too, so yeah. you know, got to focus for a while.
0: Yeah, I've always preferred zucchini bread, and mm. I know that I feel like that. I feel like that's weird. I feel like zucchini <gasps> bread stopped being a thing.
1: I haven't had zucchini bread in a very long time. It's been
0: a it's been a minute. It's you know, been it's been a while, and like I
1: just I have some zucchini at home, so
0: like I feel like it's the kind of, But I feel like <laughs> it's the kind of thing that zucchini bread is one of those weird it's one of those weird things that i'm pretty sure is gonna make a comeback as a superfood sometimes mm. like somebody's gonna be like wait a second we can make a veg we can use this vegetable to make bread and it yeah. will be sweet mm. we'll make zucchini bread have the you heard kale. Of, have you have you heard of z bread <laughs> Guys, you if
1: you brand branded as zebra z bread sounds way cooler have you heard
0: of z bread like, the, the mascot is obviously a zebra. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, because now we're going to start thinking we're eating zebras. and.
0: <laughs> well, no. And then, like, but, man, I can see it in every hipster coffee shop oh, in D.C. It's such Z, a hipster like, thing, zebra. Actually. like, it's a, and it's like, it's a on the, and the logo is a, the he, is a zebra from the neck up wearing a fedora. Oh, God. Ugh. Um, yeah no
1: that logo i'm not <laughs> well no but like, i'm thinking uh, sorry i'm thinking
0: of the douchiest version of a hipster chain mm. baked good that i can possibly imagine because otherwise why would you name something Zbread?
1: yes yeah give it a couple like glasses and maybe a pipe mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. a tiny little handlebar or mustache oh you make
0: it really sherlock Holmesy. yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Zbread. Mm-hmm
1: coming to a bakery near you
0: you could also so there's z bread but then somebody's gonna be like no 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 we don't mess with that we're Loaf. um Loaf. i like zook Loaf better <laughs> <laughs> i love that actually <laughs> uh and then you have a then you have a citywide like a citywide coffee shop war like oh, everybody's my like compass gets on board with z bread and then the y down <laughs> is like nah man zook Loaf all the way the wood. and the then Y-down the coffee bar wood. is just like um, you know, we just sell, you biscotti. know, we just sell, we sell, we sell biscotti and we've got zucchini chips. Like oh, we we gosh. just sell, like, why would you put Like, we just don't want to mess with any yep. of that, any, none of that drama. Mm. Regardless,
1: Ugh. I will eat any of them. So, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll try my hand at zucchini bread someday soon. Um, that could be good, but I think I'm looking at uh, sugar cookies this weekend. Mm. So... <laughs>
0: is that something that you feel like like do you feel like there's a space for you to do design and baking in tandem like is there no i'm doing that dc thing that we were just talking about where i'm trying to turn your hobby into your job mm. god i'm the worst <laughs> um i mean i feel like
1: i've mentioned to you that i have this dream or this goal i guess more than anything because i have started i've didn't finish it because I got stuck in my own design process Mm -hmm. was to sort of start a blog and deal with my, um, like kind of do something once every two weeks where I write up about what I baked and the lessons I've learned and how that helped me cope with whatever Mm -hmm. was going on that week of my life, but also sort of be able to design the logo for that, all the branding and then design, um, Sort of little like graphics that go in tandem with um, like the lesson learned or whatever it would be that week or the recipe card that would go along with it. Um, And that would be really fun because I think I've always kind of wanted to go into blogging a little bit Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And I finally found something that is a little more niche and would be a little more fun to write about. Um, And I started designing my own logo maybe like a month ago i finally got around to it a month or two ago and i got stuck and i (laughs) have gone back to it a couple of times and then i kept making excuses for myself Mm -hmm. and you know
0: was there not enough sherlock holmes yeah i actually need to give the logo um um,
1: monocle and and a handlebar mustache i
0: mean you know yeah you know progress
1: right yeah progress. maybe maybe that's what will happen if i <laughs> if i try tonight we're gonna get something <laughs> yeah oh, yeah for sure yeah
0: also that whole setup is like a patreon dream like the idea that you could have s- sponsors like mm. monthly sponsors and it like at the ten dollar level every month i'll send you a handy i'll send you like photos from the <laughs> i'll send you a packet of photos from the bake and a couple of nicely printed recipe cards
1: that would be fine now but i think i mean that would be a great you know dream to monetize off of something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it certainly is difficult and i think
0: it's a tough hustle yeah
1: it is side hustles are great but they're they're tough you gotta give it.
0: I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about,
1: Mr. Side Hustle what? over here.
0: <laughs> How did know? Yeah, and yeah.
1: I do worry that if I turn it into a bigger passion project, mm-hmm. I sort of lose the fun of it yeah. because, it or not more even a the project. fun of it is, yeah, because I do use that so much to escape.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> if mm-hmm. it's like,
1: what if this blog becomes my stressor? What am I using to escape it? So mm-hmm. we'll yeah. see. Um, but I think it would be fun if I just sort of approach it in a more relaxed way and once i figure out this branding thing i think we're at go
0: <laughs> for some reason this made me think of the wonder bread logo huh which i hadn't thought about in a, in a long time but the it's, little circles yeah, yeah the little overlapping circles yeah. but that it's so it's so like playful and simple, mm-hmm. and so easy to like adapt to other marketing materials. Yes, <laughs> like it's just like okay, cool. These are circles. These are their relative spacing, and this is how big they're supposed to be relative to the packaging. Mm-hmm. And it, I, you know, and it like that description really does like Wonder Bread. It's playful and simple. Yep. It is unassuming. It
1: is wonderful.
0: It is the polka dots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. It is the polka dots of the bread world. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever that means, that, uh, was gonna say. Um, this brought to you by the guy who thought of Z-Bread. Yeah. Um, apologies. This episode
1: worlds. of Applying Everything brought to you by Wonder Bread.
0: <laughs> no, nope, nope. They are not a sponsor. They should be. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. What's more likely is, this episode brought to you by Z-Bread. They didn't actually give us any money. They're just promising that someday it's going to take off.
1: Yeah, because they're not even a real thing yet. Uh. I mean, you know.
0: Uh, Wonder bread sandwiches. Oh my gosh. Uh, I saw the most disgusting the most disgusting article the other day, which is toast sandwiches are a thing. What do you mean? You toast a piece of bread and you put it between two other pieces of bread. What? Sometimes with butter. Ew. It's a toast sandwich.
1: That's um
0: Why? Why? Well, why? first off, that's
1: way too many carbs. Number two, I feel like that would taste disgusting.
0: I mean, I can see I guess I can see the appeal if like you butter both sides of the toast and it's like it's a butter and crunch delivery service.
1: Right, but then it's just like, eat the two pieces of, like, the un-like...
0: Just, yeah, just, just make three pieces of toast. Right. Like, are, it's like, or, are you so lazy yeah. that you just didn't want to... You know what? One piece of toast, I have time is for enough. three pieces of toast. I just don't... I can't commit oh to gosh. that much toast.
1: That is... Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you toast the two pieces and then you put untoasted in the middle? No,
0: other way. You, oh, you toast one nice. piece of... One piece of toast. And you put the toast Ew. in between two pieces of bread. white
1: bread is so chewy that, like, it's not good if it's not toasted.
0: I feel like the only way to do mm. it, the only way to do it at all is if it's, like, a really grainy piece of bread. Right, like, like it's be...
1: good sliced bread that you can get at, like, Whole food But even then, why yeah. would you, like...
0: No, just put butter on that and eat it and then right, make more like toast if still hungry. Like a, like a human person.
1: That sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is no longer brought to you by Wonder Bread.
0: God, <laughs> my life right now is brought to me by Wonder Bread. That's not true. I don't actually remember the last time I yeah, had some Wonder Bread. Yeah, I can't bread, say
1: that I've had it any time recently. But
0: I have been eating too much bread.
1: Oh, no such thing. Mm-hmm. But like as long as it's good bread. Yeah. Like a loaf of some sort. Hmm. I am like notorious for like when I was growing up and even I mean I'll still do it to this day is if I go to a grocery store and I pick up like a baguette or a loaf of mm-hmm. bread I've eaten half of it by the time I've like left the store because mm-hmm. I can't deny fresh bread.
0: <sighs> well, That's I,
1: how you know Bruno and I are Italians. I mean you know. <laughs> We're sighing about bread.
0: Well so I've been thinking about it. I've been I really really want to get my own uh, pasta wheel.
1: Ooh, my dad um, has one. Because <laughs> well, you know
0: what? And pasta is so easy.
1: It actually is very easy to make. It's so yeah.
0: easy to make. It just takes time. Right. Like it really just takes it's time. It's like
1: a good Sunday thing. But it's, I
0: mean, it's flour and water and salt. Yeah. It's, you know, it's super simple. Um, and then it just, just so tasty. But
1: And you, I feel... And this goes back to the baking thing. I feel a lot more accomplished and proud when I'm eating something that I've made and Mm -hmm. that I've spent a lot of time Mm -hmm. doing. And the same would go with that pasta. Yeah. Definitely feel a lot accomplishment.
0: Uh, Yeah. It does feel it does feel better. And I mean like it's also I like, you know, there's something really satisfying about cooking. And Mm. and in I thought you
1: said cocaine. (laughs) And I'm like, There's something uh, really satisfying about about cocaine. cocaine, Mm. You know.
0: Yeah. Cook there's something really satisfying and relaxing about cooking. Yeah. Um because you're you're in that space of just sort of following following the recipe, following through yeah. the steps and, and moving through it.
1: Although I don't know that I would always categorize it as relaxing. <laughs> Fair. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from me being like an impatient person and I've collapsed like multiple cakes and um but I still find it as a good way to deal with other things. A distraction more than anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although
1: it's sometimes and it can be relaxing, but not all the time <laughs>
0: yeah. well, it was, yeah. uh,
1: it's you can learn a lot of life skills from cooking, you know you've gotta to learn to be patient and follow directions well, well and
0: and you've gotta know when to walk away
1: that's like, yeah. that's the
0: other thing you've gotta know when buttoning back yeah. buttoning back a little bit to to the process of of creating art mm-hmm. um you've gotta know when to walk away and let things just ruminate for a bit, yes um because. I and that's something I didn't learn until very recently when it comes to like cooking good meat. Mm. You got to let it you got to let it sit. Yep. You take it off the heat, you cover it, you let it sit. Mm. Cuz otherwise it'll never it's just never meat. as good otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work.
1: This is true. Yeah. Mm.
0: Cooking
1: is I mean it's it's like a whole science as much as it is like an art project yeah,
0: yeah. it's also i mean cooking I, I i don't know about you but cooking for me is also so thoroughly tied to like all of my family stuff like yeah you know it's cooking yes. cooking is what you do with family cooking is what you do um cooking is what you do to show appreciation or, yes. or, to, yeah. or, or to host or to just sort of the, or to you know bring the space back together when things are tough. It's like, yeah, this is, yeah.
1: I mean, a lot of that baking for me as well kind of goes is like, I'm doing it for myself, but I'm also doing it because I know that it's gonna make people feel better mm-hmm. for Monday morning. And my father is a chef and my father cooks for a job, but he also like loves to host people and have people over and cook and bake for them. And he's always baking for whatever, mm-hmm. as gifts for people. And I think I get that a lot from him. You're right. Like, there's sort of that, it is very ingrained in like my family and the way that I was raised in our culture. And you constantly, I mean, we're Italian. So, like, a lot of that is like going <laughs> home and like when you were at your grandma's house and like it was all about the food. Yeah. It's always all about the food. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was, I was talking. I was, I was talking to my, I can't remember who I was talking to about my grandfather the other day. My My dad's father had two kitchens wow <laughs> so they, there was a kitchen there was a kitchen on the on the top floor a kitchen on the bottom floor oh my gosh. and no matter like somehow he there was always something even if we got even if we were getting into his place at 10 o'clock it's like ah yeah, I, got, I got sauce I'll, <laughs> I'll put some sauce on that's so fun know, we'll, boil, we'll boil a pound of pasta it will be fine yeah um,
1: it's there's a lot of like nurture that comes from mm-hmm. cooking and feeding I think people like women always worry they're gonna turn into their mothers and I've noticed recently that i'm turning it to my father because i have to feed people and i have to nurture that way and it's not necessarily a bad thing but there is a lot of yeah
0: well and it's also i mean it's i feel like it's a it's an important way of punctuating at least for me it's like big arrivals big departures big shifts and changes like it's they they're centered around this you know this food there's something about that Mm -hmm. shared that shared space that's uh
1: um yeah you celebrate with food you commiserate with food um, and like yeah yeah you're very right it's very yeah. an emotional
0: it's some, something you leave with and something you come home to mm-hmm. um it's got that it's kind of it kind of has that holistic thing
1: i oh, could talk about food all day
0: <laughs> me too <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was the and but one thing that did come to mind is that it is it's interesting that at least in in like corporate branding and in political branding that's what you're trying you're trying to create that same sense right like you're trying to create that same that same sort of touchstone like hmm. food when i think of food i think of like three big things there are three like big vi- visual or sensory cues and that like yeah. with branding you're trying to leverage that like the like the whole mcdonald's red and the Golden arches is, is trying to leverage this i like trying to evoke a thing yeah, in that moment, yeah. I never thought about um, that way. And I'm, um, you know, like the same thing. Like the Wonder Bread logo is is evoking this, like it's playful, it's safe, mm-hmm. it's unassuming, right? Um, and that like branding, branding is trying to distill down all of that emotion. Like I think, like when I think of all of that emotion around food, it's like the the boiled down version is I'm Italian. Like, what do you yeah. want? <laughs> um, but that you know branding is trying to find like the i'm italian <laughs> version yeah for, it's sort for, of, for whatever for yeah. uh, whatever else
1: oh my gosh i love that it's sort of like yeah because food you automatically know where you're go- you're going to have strong feelings towards mm-hmm. a it's going to make you feel one certain way and that's what you want to do yeah mm-hmm. with anything and you want to be recognized and you want to like you want your brand to like make you feel a certain way the same way your favorite meal does or your least favorite meal does Mm -hmm. you're going to have a strong reaction yeah and you want to be remembered for something
0: and i mean and i think and especially when i think about like political branding you want it you it's a lot of that's tough because you're trying to tie you're trying to tie that emotional space to like a call to action.
1: Yes, a political branding is a whole different beast.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You're, you're dealing with like on cor- on the corporate side, it's like artistic, art, you know, an artistic uh, perspective is just a part of the thing. And on the political side, it's like what? <laughs> right, yeah.
1: And on the corporate thing, it's like you can you want to be known more than anything. But political branding, it's like you want to be a candidate who. I mean, going back to the Obama logo, that circular O has so much resonance in hope and moving forward and everything and change and everything that he stood for. And nobody else has come close to like emulating it, but there's certainly a lot of people that like we remember, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we'll always make fun of Jeb for Jeb. the exclamation point. Um, and he certainly was memorable in that or the original uh trump pence logo with the t going into the p (sighs) or the p going into the t no yeah 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) um kind of iconic for all the wrong reasons
0: (laughs) it was it was a good Um, that was a good moment
1: that was hilarious
0: well and i mean and i think but i think also there's something to be said like i think hillary's logo kind of miss the more like there's something to be said about hillary's logo being kind of representative of some of the some of the issues with with the messaging on her end right
1: it, it, i think like the rest of the campaign it was a little too try hard right mm-hmm. <laughs> and it fell flat when it could have the messaging just wasn't right mm-hmm. yep you're right and that yeah. well
0: and that it or, or more that like that there was something about there was something about her logo that just felt
1: it didn't
0: it felt nothing yes it, yeah. it was like it was like i understand like i can see all of the parts and what you're trying to do but i but... feel nothing about but I, but i'm not feeling any of them connected to but
1: you but at the end if you think about it that's how we all sort of felt exactly no that, <laughs> and that, the same it. goes to like the trump pence and you look at that original logo and it was like this is a joke and that's, and, how, we and that's felt, kind of how we all right? felt, uh, right? Yeah, is... So maybe maybe they did do the job. Maybe <laughs> that's and, what they wanted to un- communicate, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: or, or more, I think, maybe more they did the job really well when they did the job better than anyone realized at the time. Yeah. You know?
1: Or more than anything, because we saw those images, that's how we automatically felt, and we never mm. felt different, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: It's... I mean, even Trump's original logo, it's very, like, you didn't put any thought into this. <laughs> um, it's just letters, and there's no, like, any graphic, like, iconography that goes along with it or any right. design aesthetic. And it's, like, yeah, there was not much thought. No. Um, much like, and whereas Hillary's, there was maybe a little too much thought, and there was too many mm-hmm. things going on. <laughs> so, like- Yeah. <laughs> it sort of resonates true to how the campaigns ended yeah
0: this is what happens when you focus group everything to the point of not having
1: a focus yeah yeah (laughs)
0: uh don't get me started on focus groups (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my favorite things about good design Mm -hmm. there's something so simple in fedex yeah and the arrow like the the arrow in FedEx is just this really subtle, very cool. You Once you see it, you can't not see it. Yeah. But it, it tells you everything that the company wants you to know.
1: Do you know the story of the Nike swoosh? No. So it was designed by um a... She was a design student at the time. This woman whose name I don't remember. She was mm-hmm. maybe 22. And she did it for this up-and-coming company mm-hmm. um sports related she had nothing to like she had never done anything like that big branding before i think she ended up getting paid about 70 dollars for it mm-hmm. um and she just sort of came up with that little icon the swoosh and now it's this giant well-known thing most- and it was yeah for her i remember reading the story where she's like i wanted to give it an like an object but it wasn't anything that i thought would ever blow up Mm -hmm. and it's so well known and then i think they give her like stock in the company and she owns part but like it's crazy to think about this woman was paid like less than a hundred dollars for something so big so sometimes happy mistakes happen or very strange things happen to get you something really great which is really interesting yeah i mean and that's that's the cool coolness of design. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs>
0: the the happy accident is that of art. It's,
1: yeah, and that it's all over the place all the time. And a lot of that is practical and there's functionality and then there's the really cool stuff like the branding or whatever that may be that can become this huge giant symbol that everyone recognizes mm. and everyone knows. You know, that's my favorite thing about design, just like how impactful it can be on so many different levels.
0: As we, yeah, as as you say that, I'm now looking, I'm I, I You're like, I'm staring at my book, book covers, right? I'm staring, I'm staring at it. It's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, especially in a world, in a world where we spend, you know, 90% of our time on our phones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm looking at apps. I'm looking at, like, what, what do these icons tell me? And, you know, knowing personally that if it's clunky or if it's pixelated or, like, nothing, Nothing bothers me more than poor resolution quality yeah. on, like if, or or like if your design- if your logo is like just a little bit off center in a way that doesn't feel intentional it just like, oh I that just, yeah, no, it makes yeah. my sc- skin crawl mm-hmm. it's just, yeah ugh. um but then on the other side, you know if it's clean, I think there's like one of my favorite applications is called ohm rider it's really simple it's a black circle. With a white circle in it, in it, and a dot underneath. Yeah, oh, wow. And it's just like, yeah, this is—it's just clean and pretty.
1: Yeah, and it's also interesting to look at the way, you know, with like our phones and social media, it's really started to impact. People are talking about it more and thinking about it more. The way, like, if Twitter has a simple update, or if like when they change this star button to the heart button, mm-hmm. like everyone was talking about that, and everyone's talking about design, and everyone's talking about and different things that i'm always like interested in and focused in so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see like how much of like an impact now it has It's so it's interesting
0: all right i'm gonna ask you i think probably the headiest question of the oh, day no. i'm really into how much we've entered into a flat space in <sighs> design work okay like that we've like i really i really like like it because it forces a different type of depth um you have to create dimensionality in a different way now that we've entered, entered into this sort of very matte, very flat, very angular space um in a lot of in a, like a lot of contemporary corporate design. Yeah. But I I wonder how much that reflects our flattening out. What? <laughs> like how much like I I'm, I'm I like and I don't know, maybe this is a nonsense question, which, you know, would not be a first for this show or me today if design is a is one of the things that helps us see where we are Mm -hmm. as a as a as a society as a consumer spaces as as social groups like how much does our decision to like literally flatten the images that we're taking in a lot of the time how much of that is like i mean i a lot of that's just trend and once facebook and twitter do it then Mm -hmm. everybody's gonna do it um but like you know you look at instagram look at the instagram uh logo from three years ago versus today like you have curves and depth Mm -hmm. and shading and beveling and now i mean more and more you're getting it's flat it's flat and and more and more logos are just block color with relief sure so like how much i'm just sort of like how much of that how much of that could be how much of that could be us like sort of reflecting um the way in which we're interacting with these things and sort of flattening them yeah. out.
1: This is where you show your cards <laughs> that you were once a philosophy major. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean once? Always. Uh, you all, once once a always. philosophy major. Always a philosophy major. Uh, maybe, I mean, I think that that's sort of evolved with the way that, like, our response and our tastes sort of have, like had an impression i don't know hold on <laughs> i think i might have the answer to this <laughs> but um a lot of design is sort of like playing off the last thing that worked really well mm-hmm. right and the thing that you've known it's growing it changes it's modern it grows with the times it grows with the needs
2: mm-hmm. of
1: people mm-hmm. you want to try and do things contemporary so if the contemporary thing right now is to be flat then maybe that's why we're getting into a more flat style of things Mm -hmm. um i think that's my answer (laughs) yeah yeah
0: that makes sense i mean i guess i i do i think one of my one of my faults and i i hope i don't i hope i temper it when i'm on here (laughs) at least a little bit is that you know i do i do generally read a lot into those kind of trends yeah i think no but yeah i i hope and think you're right that it's yeah
1: and i mean i this sounds kind of silly to say and i hate it but like design is very very much based on its trends and things that are trendy and things that look i mean a lot of it is like on the needs of a person and what looks good Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is still comes down to like does is this in right now and Mm -hmm, what's in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and who the tastemakers are and who has started that and yeah so we're sort of going through like a more where things are more modern and clean and Mm -hmm. and yeah a lack of a better word trendy yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: i do like that it's simple yeah like i do appreciate i have a i have a deep appreciation for simple design yeah
1: i'm very much like like a simple clean lined, Mm -hmm. very very geometric (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah which fortunately like You do find that a lot in political. There is... Sometimes you'll want to do some shapes and you want to do... But a lot of times you want to stay clean and you want to stay strong. That that comes, you know, with that clean and crisp a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually have noticed how much people care about fonts recently
0: fonts are really important they're
1: very important
0: they're very subjective mm-hmm.
1: i you know get an argument not arguments but my boss greg and i shouts out greg like he's always like oh i really like this font." i'm like well i hate it and i don't want to use it but <laughs> that's what you want to see and i'll do it just for you so Is it no it's calibri <laughs> Fair. hey yeah.
0: i mean like pyrus is at least the grown-up comic sans
1: oh my gosh yeah it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm all about i'm all about a gotham okay. i love gotham, gotham
1: and um so gotham is the font that they use in a lot of obama stuff mm-hmm. and Isn't,
0: i thought gotham was his was the font did they develop
1: i believe gotham for maybe his yeah, yeah yeah or it was something in congruency mm-hmm. with that um and I am using it a lot more now this year than I ever have before because mm-hmm. I'm like, I miss Obama, Gotham, yeah, Gotham, <laughs>
0: well, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think it's Gotham I like I like a good Futura Futura is good it's I you know, it's, it's a usable I think
1: Helvetica is overrated. I'll say that uh, oh, I will say yeah. that on uh, record uh, Helvetica is overrated. <laughs> i've always wanted to be on record for saying that so please leave this part in no for sure uh i mean it's not a bad font and when you look at there's obviously the film which a lot of people have seen i'm sure but there's it's you know and there's a lot of like history behind it but it's not it's not my favorite
0: i mean that is a cool thing about fonts though fonts were like printing presses made fonts a thing right and
1: those have been around for a a while benjamin franklin baby
0: Mm well i also wait what he owned a printing press okay i was also, i'm like okay
1: that made sense to only me in my head that's
0: kind of like that's kind of like if i was like man cars have been around for a while tag gieselman why well, because tag, he owns he, a car he worked at a car dealership this one time yeah uh, uh no sh-
1: there used to be this cartoon when uh-huh. i was young called liberty's kids mm-hmm. um which was about i love talking about this oh, show yeah, no, do re- you know yeah, this i remember the yeah, show. you're only, I, yeah, I mean, you show. and I are the same age group. Mm, um, it yeah. was about the Revolutionary War told mm-hmm. through two teenagers' eyes, and one of them worked for Ben Franklin's printing press. I've seen every episode multiple times.
0: Okay. I'm sure that it was like the epitome of historical accuracy.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't.
0: <laughs> also, can I just say, I know epitome is the right way to say it, but I really wish epitome was you? Really? a thing. I really do. Hmm. This is
1: epitome sounds like epitaph. And then I start thinking about like, that. Okay. yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Yeah,
0: I mean, also epitome, epi- like epitome is obviously the more pretentious way to say epitome, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why I like it because I guess sometimes I can be a pretentious asshole. But uh,
1: hey, you said it. I'm just,
2: just kidding. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Damn. Uh,
0: you said it, Ali. No, you're right. You're right. Just kidding. Oh, that was cold. God. I know, that hurt a little bit. A little <laughs>
1: this bit. is uh, what we do every day. Yeah, this is what we do every yeah.
2: day. <laughs> a little
0: bit. That's our episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can find out more about Kiara at applyingtoeverything.xyz guests. You can also follow her on Twitter Kiara with a K. She's trying to become a comedy legend, but only through her tweets, so take this opportunity to follow her on that grand adventure. Also, this episode is brought to you by ZBread, coming to a boutique coffee shop near you, hopefully never. You can find out more about the show at applyingtoeverything.xyz, or on iTunes and Google Play, where you can subscribe to, rate, and review the show. If you're in the DC area and you don't get enough of me on the show, check out Cloaking Device, a long-form improv team I perform with at DC Artspace in Adams Morgan through Laugh Index Theater. We're performing tonight, September 25th, and again on October 9th. Doors at 8 p.m. Tickets are available at the door or at improvwars.bpt.me. Thanks to Humble Fire for the use of our theme song, Mount St. Misery, off of The Great Resolve. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and at humblefire.band. I'd also like to thank Chiara Scaricella for designing our logo. Tune in next week for my conversation with Wilhelm Hesse about making film, the future of media in Ghana, and keeping a foot in two worlds. Talk to you then.